Hey everyone, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about our merch store on Threadless. Shop a wide variety of logos with multiple colors and sizes available for each design. Your support is greatly appreciated and helps us continue to make killer content like this episode. Please visit supercoolradio.threadless.com or the link in the description to shop now. Hello everyone! I am Matthew Thomas. This is Super Cool Radio. Have some great guests joining me for this episode. Recently, they released a new EP entitled Perfect Disaster. Please welcome a killer four piece rock band from Detroit City. They are Letters from Abel. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Always a great time to come back on here. Super, super lucky to be back with you again. Of course, of course. And making up Letters from Abel. Joining me at this time, full band interview. We got Justin on vocals and rhythm guitar, Drake on lead guitar, Ben on bass, and Cade on drums. Thank you guys so much. Of course, it's our pleasure. And uh, so I got to, you know, it's been a little bit. I obviously I did uh, uh, the first interview with uh, only Justin. That was about, I, again, close to almost a year at this point. Uh, so we got a lot of great things to discuss. But before we get into all that, a new question for this season. What has been the best concert you've ever been to or uh, performed at? Ooh, all right. Uh, I think that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty good question. Um, I think for me, um, probably one of the best shows I saw was uh, Motorhead and Anthrax at the Fillmore uh, in Detroit. It was Motorhead's last tour. That was really really awesome to be able to see. The favorite show that I've ever probably played in was either probably the student showcase that we played in for our first show, which was like a sold out show to 300 people, or probably the night that we played in Ann Arbor and we got like the whole place packed out of walk-ins and it was the night that we played our first encore. Very, very awesome all around. Uh, I actually saw Anthrax this year for the first time. They are amazing. They're fantastic live. All right, so what about for you guys? Ben? Um, best show I've ever been to? Um, well, actually, we, we just saw Alice in Chains not yes. that long ago, a couple months ago, uh, and that was a really good show. I know, Justin, you've seen them a couple times yeah. now, but uh, that was my first time. Drake, was that your first time? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was for me and Drake, that was our first time seeing Alice in Chains live, and that, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that concert. Uh, favorite show I've ever played um, would probably have to be, again, in Ann Arbor, uh, Blind Pig. Uh, that, that was a special night indeed. Um, other than that, there one, one show that always comes back to mind is that uh, I don't remember the exact date, but uh, it was that one show. You guys will know just from saying that one show at the token. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. that one show. Can't 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 yeah. say the date, but it, it was it was beautiful though. It was very very beautiful. It was a good night. 
It was fantastic. What about you two boys? Uh, the, probably my favorite show that I've ever been to. I, I'm going to say recent favorite because I can't, it's really hard for me to pick, but um, this is definitely stepping outside of the usual grunge wheelhouse, but uh, it's this guy called Robert Cray. He's this old blues guy, um, and he's playing out at the theater in Kalamazoo, and it was probably, like, the tightest performance I've seen in, like, the last, like, two to three years. Like, his whole band was just absolutely killing it, and they were just, I don't know, the groove was there, and it just it made me very happy. Um, then my favorite performance, uh, I really liked, uh, the night we played at the, um, Aretha Franklin Cafe. We did, like, an acoustic set, and it was just a really good night, and then Justin closed out with, uh, what was it? What was it? Where did uh, you sleep last night by yeah. Nirvana? I did it solo, so that was a lot of fun. His performance of it made me shed a little man tear, so it was just, <laughs> it was that good. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't seen a lot of shows lately. I think my favorite one most recently would probably be uh, a drum teacher of mine that I saw, Nate Wynn, played at uh, Cliff Bell's. He's a jazz drummer. It was just probably the best jazz drumming I've ever seen in person. So um, there's that. And then my favorite show that we played would probably be the one that we played all the way up in Sault Ste. Marie because yes. it was uh, our first show with Drake and it was just our like show that was like the farthest from where we were at. This is true. So this is very true. It was also his homecoming because that's where he's from. So nice. All uh, very good performances by you guys and also uh, great shows. I, I do like the Robert uh, Cray mention because I'm a huge blues fan, so that, that would probably been a really awesome show to see. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so for you guys, so getting into uh, Letters from Abel now, uh, obviously, so last month you guys released uh, a new EP entitled Perfect Disaster. How was it uh, writing and recording the new EP? Uh, it was a bunch of fun. I mean, uh, this is something that um, really came out of nowhere uh, for us. You know, we um, we have an album plan that's going to be coming out here within the next couple months, full length LP. Um, and that's something that we're really looking forward to and something that we had planned for a long time. Uh, but uh, this EP kind of came out of nowhere. We uh, we were doing a performance down at the Russell Center for uh, a guy by the name of Tony Green. Uh, who's legendary bass player. And um, he, uh, while we were there, there was another uh, young lady there performing by the name of Izzy Savitas. And uh, she is managed and works with uh, our producer, Steve Cap, who did Perfect Disaster. And uh, he met us there and was like, you know, you guys are phenomenal. You know, I'd love for you guys to come down to 54 Sound. And uh, 54 Sound, for people who don't know and for context, um, the one, the 54 Sound we recorded at Studio B is where Eminem recorded the 8 Mile soundtrack. Um, so there's a lot of, lot of legendary thing. I, I mean, you know, George Clinton and P-Funk and Funkadelic worked down there a lot. You know, there's a lot of legendary names that came through that studio. And so it was a really, really cool thing to be able to, you know, go in there and kind of participate along with some of that history. It definitely sounds like, especially working with, you know, that kind of caliber of studio, it sounds like a, a really awesome experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was something that you really can't take for granted. You know, I mean, every day that we were walking through there, you know, it really felt like we were, you know, a part of something uh, a little bit larger than life for sure. 
So for uh, for Perfect Disaster, was this a different recording experience compared to the previous EP? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, uh, when we were, went to uh, record In Your House, uh, those are songs that we've been sitting on for a while. Uh, we just kind of uh, hammered those in nonstop uh, because we knew that was going to be the record. Um, we did jump back a couple times between like, are we going to have five songs or six songs or four songs or whatever? It ended up being six. Um, and so I, I feel like that was just a lot more streamlined. We really knew what we were doing there. And then when it came to Perfect Disaster, that it seemed kind of more of a last minute thing where we just had these songs and we knew that we wanted to record them. Uh, but we, we didn't know really when until Steve came to us and said, hey, let's record something. And we're like, well, we have enough songs for an EP, so let's just record an EP. And so, uh, you know, going into studio uh, or 54 Sound, you know, new studio, new producer, you know, new songs. It was uh, it was a lot different for us. And uh, you would think that there'd be kind of a, a adjustment period, which there was. There was we had to adjust to the environment and to um, recording these songs. Some of them are a bit complicated to uh, just run through and and get them right you know we had to do them a few times uh but i i feel like after we we recorded the first two or three the the kind of nerves calmed down a little bit and we were able to knock it out and uh what you hear is what you get <laughs> yeah i've definitely it, it is uh to me it's, it's a little bit of a different um you know uh ep like listening to it compared to in your house i think it's a little bit more tighter and you guys are definitely evolving a little bit with you guys the sound as well yeah definitely i mean this is something that um i mean uh we just got interviewed last week and ben made a great point of uh a lot of these songs are something that you wouldn't have heard in in your house you know it's definitely uh, an evolution in sound for sure and taking in you know some funk influences and some blues influences and some other things and really kind of adding some more colors to our palette and kind of broadening our brush strokes and you know letting us kind of uh have a little bit more freedom with the art and i think that steve was also a huge proprietor in that as well you know really wanting us to you know throw down whatever we wanted to on the record and you know was super open to all of our ideas and stuff it was it was really really a special uh special thing to be able to work on this record for sure yeah it definitely sounds like it and you know like you said with a little bit of the funk influence and stuff i would say like in your house is definitely more it's like it's more straightforward rock with some grunge elements you know that kind of stuff but with perfect disaster you guys are definitely branching on to other genres and i definitely i, I i'm here for that I, I really like that yeah, we're glad to hear. A lot of people, have, we've had some really good reception over the songs that uh, have been a little bit more open, especially, um, you know, Perfect Disaster, the single itself, you know, got some got some really good uh, right back and some feedback from a lot of great people. So it was it's it's been nice to see a lot of people accepting the uh, the new direction that we're heading in. Well, and I definitely look forward to seeing where you guys like progress with your stuff. I think you guys have a very solid base. You guys are uh, based with um, basis. There we go for your uh, band with all, with everybody and all your players and stuff. You guys are very very tight band well, thank you very much it's something that we definitely uh we've tried for a long time and i knew that you know i mean i think that it stems from our um just our outside relationship you know i mean these four guys and you know i mean i met Cade first and i mean you know i knew as soon as i had met him you know that regardless of however good of a drummer he was that this was going to be my guy just because of how close we were and you know it's a it's a tight-knit thing it's a family that we all try to work for and you know something that we really strive to be as as tight as we can and as close as we can not only you know when we get on the record but you know once we get off the stage as well
Oh, for sure. And now it's actually a really good segue because I did want to talk about your guys' live set for uh, just a little bit as well. I had the opportunity to see you guys uh, last year uh, in Mishawaka, you know, about a year and a half ago at this point. Uh, I, you guys, you guys sounded really good live. Like you guys, it's like it's like rock and roll. It, it was really good, and I uh, really enjoyed uh, meeting you guys and seeing you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, I mean, you know, we love being able to come down to Indiana whenever we can. And uh, it was definitely a great opportunity to be able to actually meet you face to face and stuff. A lot taller than most people would think, you know, big guy, big guy. A lot of people wouldn't think that. Uh, but uh, it, it was great, you know, and I mean, uh, we greatly appreciate the, uh, you know, the kind words and stuff. And we always like to come out and try to play a great show to, you know, whoever's going to be there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're not the only person to talk about my height. Uh, you know, usually people again see me this much, but uh, yeah, I because you obviously a close fan of you guys, a wisher. I yes. met uh, Kaylee about a year ago, and she's like, "Wow, you're so much taller in person." I go, "Yeah, I get that a lot. I know. Thank you." <laughs> but for uh, for you guys, um, you know, I was I, I was really digging your guys' set. Uh, so, how about for you guys? How do you prepare for a show? I mean, it's, it's many, many different things for sure. I mean, um, if, you know, personally, I mean, obviously, you know, we all kind of dig in and put something together for the set, you know, everybody, you know, kind of comes together and we make sure that, you know, it's all the songs that we want to play and stuff. But now considering the fact that, um, you know, we have a lot more to choose from than we originally had, you know, I mean, we don't really play covers anymore, um, obviously, because, you know, we've been able to kind of branch away from that and people like our original music enough to where we can go out and, you know, play our own songs and people enjoy it, which is great. You know, I mean, that's obviously where you want to get. So it's, um, it's been nice to be able to have not only, you know, in your house, perfect disaster, but now with servants of sound our full-length album coming to fruition sooner rather than later you know we've been able to start playing some of those songs out and stuff and it gives us a really broad range to be able to choose from so i mean really just the whole process is you know just really making sure that we got the best set list that we feel like we can get for the show you know uh depending on the crowd and the bands that we're playing with and then on top of that just kind of practicing those songs as many times as we can to you know like you mentioned you know bring that tightness to the stage bring that energy and make sure that you know we're we're giving the people as much as they can whenever they buy an lfa ticket oh definitely for sure and you guys definitely delivered i know obviously uh the crowd was um not uh not so big when i saw you guys um, you know because it was kind of just me but um you guys still performed at 100 you brought a lot of energy to the stage and you just you guys sound very clean and uh very tight-knit as a group so thank you very much we appreciate it so uh now a cool question for you guys what is your favorite song to perform live Ooh. Um, uh, man, uh, for me, I feel like it's probably either gotta be, um, sicker than a dog, um, ballad of Johnny rocket, or, um, maybe one of our new songs, which is going to be like one of the lead singles off of servants of sound, a song called, uh, demon eyes. Um, I really like playing, uh, um, Sicker Than a Dog is is a big one for me. That, that one's always just high energy. Um, but I also really like playing Bad Habits whenever we yes. end up playing, which is uh, one of the songs off of um, Perfect Disaster. Uh, that one's just a hard-hitting, heavy banger. I just That's like cool. that one a lot. It's also like super high energy and just gets me going. So. I mean, my favorite's probably Sicker Than a Dog as well. And then 
The other one that I really love to play is an unreleased one. It's called, uh, it's going to be on the full length record. It's called Brown. Yeah. It's so, it's just so good. It's classic LFA. I love it. Okay. Um, I'd say besides Sicker because of the energy, um, I really do like playing that song live. Um, but a song that I'm really excited to play more often live from our new album, Servants of Sound, that we call Melancholic. It's a really, really like high energy, punch you in the face kind of song. It's really fun. I, I like all the answers. I, um, you know, I, I definitely look forward to listening to the new album. I do got a few questions about that. Before I get to that, I want to cover one more thing uh, about you guys' live show and live performance. So obviously, okay. you guys have performed uh, in Michigan, Indiana, quite a few different venues. Is there any like dream venues that you want to perform at uh, that you have not yet? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right off the bat for me, I mean, like the the Fillmore has always been a goal for me. Um, I mean, like, you know, that would just be such a legendary stage to to stand upon and to really, you know, be able to look down at the crowd off that stage. But um, another one uh, would probably be um, Harpo's. Harpo's would be really cool as well. Harpo's reopened recently, and that would be a really cool place to be able to play. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I'd probably say for me, it's probably either the Fillmore or Harpo's. You boys? Troubadour. The Troubadour. That's that's also fantastic. Yeah, the Troubadour is not a bad answer. Okay. I mean, I was going to say the Fillmore. It's kind of just been on our sites. For a long time. Great. I think one of the first concerts I ever saw was at the Fox Theater. Ooh. And so I just, yeah, I'd love to pack that place. Yeah. <laughs> what about Denny's? Denny's, Denny's, Denny's. <laughs> I'd like to do a, I'd like to do our own uh, Denny's Grand Slam one day. Definitely make this work. I, I honestly I think you could you could definitely do that now. <laughs> I don't have, I the Denny's by me like closed down like ten years ago, so I don't even have one anymore. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure most of them did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you got to find one still in existence and do that then. Yeah, we got to go down to a, a, Den, a Denny's venue and, uh, and crack it open. I think I might know one. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope you guys get to perform all those venues, including Denny's. Please make anyone, someone make the Denny's venue happen, please. We're waiting on it. We're waiting. <laughs> hope everyone's enjoying my interview with Letters from Abel. Right now we have to take a quick pause from the conversation and hear a word from our friends at Haunting Abaddon. Cold chills when there's no breeze. Sounds you can't explain. Foreboding feelings of dread. Sheer horror. This is Haunting Abaddon, an original podcast from Epilid Media featuring stories of the paranormal, demonic possessions, poltergeists and hauntings, and all things that will scare the hell out of you. These things do more than go bump in the night. You've been talking about the your upcoming album. Uh, uh, you've been talking about that, dropping some hints about that. So um, can you give like can expand on that a little bit more and uh, kind of what can people expect? from this album yeah i mean um we can absolutely we can expand upon it as much as we like thankfully uh 
We, uh, I mean, it's definitely something new for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a new area for us. Um, it's something that you kind of, you know, you have, um, you have those songs that it's like, you know, this is something that's like classic letters from Abel. And then you have stuff that it's just like, this is something that like, we just haven't touched upon at all. You know I mean? Just a really, really nice mix between, um, you know, punk and grunge and rock and blues and, you know, funk. I mean, there's really a lot that goes into this. And um, I think that um, Cade made a really good point about it the other day when we were getting interviewed that it's very emotional. You know, these these songs were written through, you know, uh, breakups and hardships and, you know, tough things going through life. And, you know, these are songs that are direct inputs and, you know, of those things. And you can really, really tell, you know, I mean, there's some really, really heavy subject matter on some of these songs and, you know, we put our heart and soul into it. And, uh, you know, it's a record that we're really, really working hard on. So uh, it's something that, you know, we've definitely uh, kind of put our heart and soul into over the past year and a half of just really cranking it out, writing the songs and then hopping into the studio and just making it as best as we can. You covered a lot with that. I'm definitely, uh, I'm really looking forward to you. I'm excited to listen to to the new album because um, I like that you guys have, it's going to be a nice blend of like your classic sound that you guys have, like the more rock and roll sound, but also you're going to throw in like some blues, some funk, you know, some different style of elements that's going to be completely different for you guys. I think that's going to be really cool and I'm definitely excited for it. Yeah, I think that uh, it's going to come out and surprise a lot of people. You know, uh, there's a lot of a lot of bands that are still waiting on, you know, being able to release their records. And we're kind of thankful enough that we can be in a position that, you know, this record's been moving forward at a good enough pace to where, you know, we're going to be able to release it within hopefully the next three to four months. Um, and, you know, we're really, really excited for that. You know, I mean, the, the singles that we're going to be dropping off this record is, uh, you know, these songs that we're making are really something that we feel like this is some of the best work that we've ever made. And uh, I think that it's only going to keep getting better moving forward. Well, I, I definitely hope so. And I definitely I look forward to the new album. Now, for you guys, I know you're still in the process of working on the album, but I've talked to a few bands who've, um, you know, released albums and uh, they said the biggest thing is making making sure the track list flows. So, like, how important is it to have a good track list that it flows, uh, the song flows into the next song, into the next song? I think that it's super, super important, especially in the day of, um, you know, the vinyl rebirth and the physical media rebirth like we're having today. You know, it's especially important to be able to, you know, if you want to make CDs or cassettes or vinyls out of your records, you know, it's always good to have that good turnover. You know, you don't want anything to be, you know, too cut and dry or to feel like, you know, it's really like a harsh turnover. So it's something that we've really been, you know, working on over the past three or four months since we've gotten some of these mixes back, you know, kind of moving the songs around and seeing how they flow into each other and stuff like that. And it's something that, you know, I've made sure at least that I've been putting a decent amount of effort into truly really trying to make sure that everything flows into itself really nice. Definitely. It, it, it's definitely very important to have, you know, that flow for that. It doesn't, you know, because in the, in the age where, you know, it's Spotify singles and stuff, you have to have a good flow to keep the uh, listener's attention, especially if it's really yep. good for the whole album. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very it's small like, attention span. For me, like I, I've always really liked uh, like concept albums, such as like uh, Twenty One Twelve by Rush or uh, the Ziggy Stardust album uh, from David Bowie, where those songs kind of are are, are meant in a way to tell us a, a certain story, and they uh, the, the tracks are put in that order for a reason. And uh, I, I wouldn't say that's something that we like kind of think about like we don't think about like oh this needs to tell a certain story or whatever but it's definitely something that's considered we're like okay we want all these songs to uh not only wesh or sorry mesh well together 
on their own. But uh, when you actually start the album and finish it, you know, from top to bottom, you know, what what does does it tell a story? Is there a story there that can kind of be contrived when you're listening to it and kind of be like, okay, this kind of takes you on a little bit of a journey uh, in a way. So uh, I, I think it's always important to consider that aspect of it as well. Definitely. I know you guys, yeah, I know it's not going to be like a complete like concept down, but it's definitely, it's something very important to consider is like the album as a whole and how that's going to flow and stuff. I'm a huge fan of Alice Cooper. So like, I totally get like, you know, the kind of like welcome to my nightmare, that kind of concept albums takes a lot of effort to put in, you know, to tell the whole story completely, but you still need that similar mindset. Uh, even if you're just doing more of, um, you know, uh, kind of what you guys are doing, which is more just music, but not, completely telling a story if that makes any sense i might be rambling i'm not sure anyway oh, it definitely makes sense it definitely makes sense <laughs> yeah like just for it to be less of just like a collection of songs and a, an actual like whole piece of art you know yes that was way better than what i said <laughs> <laughs> no, sure. uh, for, for you guys um did you mentally approach is it mentally different for you guys um, to uh, perform live compared to recording in a studio? Similar but different, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I think in the essence of, um, you know, like something that I um, really liked, uh, kind of like drew attention to early in my musical career was the fact that, um, like, I'm a huge Kiss fan. It was like the reason that I started playing music. Um, and... Uh, they early in their career you know like through the first like three or four records nobody really gave a shit about K what kiss was doing until they put out a live and they realized like oh my god these guys put on a tremendous live show and they sound terrific you know what i mean and that's how all those songs ended up getting so big and i think that one thing that i always stress when we're trying to go into the studio and something that we all kind of stress is that it's like you want to keep that energy up you know what i mean like I, I i want you know basically whatever vocal performance i'm laying down you know that's going to be the same thing you're going to be hearing live you know that that's something that i've really tried to be super permanent about you know is that you know like we don't use any effects on our vocals we don't you know we don't use any auto-tune we don't do anything like that it's completely raw they're raw takes they're only double stacked and so it's you know, it's something to where, you know, my vocals, his vocals and all of our instruments are all, you know, a very, very raw recording. And, you know, that we try to keep it as as live as we possibly can. But, you know, with that studio smoothness, you know, that that professional sound that really will bring it all together. I think that what we go and lay down in the studio is almost kind of a, a blueprint of what we're going to go play on the stage. Um, not every time we play the song live is it going to be the exact same as the recording and so um having that recording kind of lends benefit to us being able to say all right well we can do whatever we want with it we can jam on the outro if we want to we can add another guitar solo we can take a guitar solo out screw you drake <laughs> uh, so that we have um we, we know what we're doing when we go in the studio we know how we want that to sound but uh, since we have the song that way, uh, we know we can do whatever we want when we go to play it live. We can change it up. We can uh, speed it up, slow it down, you know, uh, change up the energy a little bit. So um, that's just the difference for me in uh, when we record the songs and when we play them live. They're just different in that aspect. Definitely. And for, for sure, what I, what I was going to say was that um, what I really liked about like seeing you guys live 
is that you know pretty obviously you can change the songs a little bit and you guys do when you perform live but for the most part you guys like what you guys like sound like in the studio you guys sound on the stage as well and i was very impressed by that it's definitely something that we go for for sure i mean you know like uh it's a big thing you know i mean the you know i don't ever want anybody to you know listen to our records and then come to our show and be like oh man those guys sounded like shit you know what i mean like i want them to leave and be like man that sounded literally like just like what i listen to every day so i mean yeah if i can have anybody going home saying that then i'm i'm happy with what we're doing kind of lends credit to like our writing process too because every time we write our tunes it's literally us like coming to rehearsal every week and being like, okay, let's play that again and see how I feel about it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like at, when we go to record in the studio, we basically already played these songs together, you know, like 20 or 30 times, you know? So I think that that kind of leads to us having that uh, live tightness because like, you know, we've already done it a bunch of times. <laughs> but but that it does make a lot of sense for, for you guys. Um, obviously you guys, you guys rehearse a lot, you perform a lot of shows. So you know, to be to be that level of uh, to be that tight, and then go into the studio and record is uh, actually very beneficial as well because you're already tight, you already know the songs, and you can just lay it down. But also, that's how that's why you guys sound so good live as well. So I uh, I definitely really appreciate uh, chatting with you guys. I do got just a few more things I do want to cover. Uh, so this is uh, one of the newer questions uh, since I've uh, had Justin on. Uh, in back in season two, this is going to be a tough question. I would just tell you guys right away. Okay. Uh, what has been your most favorite moment from your musical career so far? Uh, I mean, if I want to get broad, I mean, like, there's a lot of little, you know, little moments that I could pick and choose over the course of you know, the three years or so that we've been a band, you know, I mean, there's a lot of little moments meeting Pete, our producer for In Your House, meeting Steve, our producer for Perfect Disaster, getting to meet all these people, getting to go across state lines and travel and meet people like you and, you know, really be able to make a lot of special connections is something that I don't think I'll ever take for granted. But if I'm talking about the biggest moment of my musical career so far, it's going to Diamond meeting these four next to me right here. Because, I mean, the, I say it all the time that, you know, I mean, we are four kids from four different parts of Michigan that are all in different age groups that all decided to go to one school in Detroit the year before it closed down. You know what I mean? It's something that I've always said, you know, this band was a meant to be thing. And, you know, this is something that we were all just supposed to come together and find. And so, I mean, for me, it has to be when we all met and formed this band. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't have a musical career without that. Um, I'd say for me, that big moment, where I kind of realized, like, oh, this is it. We're doing this. Uh, it's probably that first time uh, when when we recorded in your house. I'll never forget that entire, you know, one two day block period. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just um, we're we're inside the church where we're recording, and we're all standing on stage. We got our headphones on, our instruments are plugged in, and we were all just kind of looking at each other, getting ready to, you know, start recording. And that's like in my memory where it like hit me like, hey, we're here, we're doing this, we're we're making a record, we're we're a band. So uh, that that'd probably be it for me. My my highlight of my musical career so far was my first rehearsal with these guys. Honestly, I remember like 
I don't know. I, I really hung out with Ben a lot more than I hung out with like Katie Dustin. We were still friends, you know, but like I, I as soon as I heard like Ben's bass playing, I was like, you're mine. You know, I was like, I don't, I was like, I, well, it was funny too, because I told him earlier on, I was like, by the time we get out of the school, I want to have a professional band with you and we're going to make that our living. And then, you know, lo and behold, it closes down the next year. And it's like, all right, that was, that came a little sooner than I wanted it to, but all right. And then, I remember sitting there uh, in my old apartment and I got a call from Justin and I was like, why would Justin be calling me? And he was like, well, I know you're really busy, but if you want to come, you know, jam with us. And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, just that first rehearsal. Uh, it was like my, I don't know. It, I've never had a feeling like that with literally any other band that I've jammed with, you know, it's like, it's like as soon as I hit the first note, like literally everything just clicked in and it was like, oh, yeah, like this is this is what home feels like, you know. I mean, for me, my favorite moment in my music career is just this band in general. Like um, I've played with like a lot of groups in the past and stuff like that. But this is like just been the one. I don't know. We're just it, it's just something different. It's like when we play music, it's like magic. That's the only way I can describe it. It's like a whole nother world that all four of us just kind of go into. So I can't even really think of like one moment with these guys. That I really feel like was it, but just every show we play is like the next best moment, you know, and the longer it is, the better it gets. I like how you summed that up, kid. That was really good. I like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, last thing before, uh, we wrap up, talk about your final, uh, for, uh, your future plans. Uh, so Justin, I talked to you about the Detroit music scene, uh, last year, but now since, you know, the pandemic kind of wind down a little bit, stuff's open up, playing more shows. What's the Detroit music scene like, uh, for you guys? The Detroit music scene is a special spot, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's home base for us, you know, I mean, uh, the law, the land's kind of changed, you know, we're working with some different people than we used to be working with, you know, but I think that we, the people that we work with now are truly those people that, you know, are good friends of ours and people that we can really trust and put our full trust into, you know, guys like Catharsis, 10,000 Teeth, Cyadine, Wisher, you know, these are some really, really talented cats that we're really lucky to be able to share the stage with, but um, something that we're really excited about being able to do um, is actually in November um, for for a week, uh, we will be uh, partaking in leaving the Detroit music scene and heading out to New York City. Uh, and we will be playing out uh, in New York City from the week of November 17th uh, following that weekend as well. And uh, that's something that we're really excited to be able to do is go out there and uh, kind of lay down the law of the land out there and see uh, how things are going out there. And that's something that we've been trying to do for a while. So it's something uh, that we're happy to see come into fruition. But in Detroit, things are going great. Detroit's a metal town, though. You know, Detroit's a metal town, and that's why we definitely are trying to expand our boundaries a little bit. You know, there's a lot of a lot of talented metal around, and you know, there's there's a couple of good, you know, alternative groups that are really, really making some noise. You know, I just went and saw Voss last night down at the shelter, and you know, they put on a really, really great show. You know, and that's not the first time I've seen those guys. Those guys are really, really talented, but I definitely think that. Um, you know, it being a metal town, I think that, you know, it's good for us to kind of spread around and, you know, move our niche a little bit and see where we can kind of stick around a little bit. Definitely for sure. I, I saw Voss, I want to say about a year or two ago there, they lay down a great show. I was very impressed with them. 
Yeah, super, super talented group of cats right there. For sure. And they could really jam, too. I, I, I think they busted out an Iggy and the Stooges cover, too, and I got much oh, yeah. respect for that. Good shit. You can't say no to that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, I know you touched on a little bit. You guys, are, uh, obviously, you guys be going to uh, New York. So like, what are what's the future plans for Letters from Abel? How are you going to close out this year? And then what's uh, 2023 shaping up to be? So for the rest of this year, I mean, you know, uh, coming up this week, we got a show in Ann Arbor at the Blind Pig. Uh, October 7th, we will be out there, and that's going to be a whole boatload of fun. Uh, we got a show down at the 22nd of October down in uh, Hamtramck at Trixie's. Uh, and then uh, in November, we're playing a show at the Diesel, uh, November 4th, with Catharsis and 10,000 Teeth. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to that. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. But uh, other than that, you know, we got a few other shows that are in the works other than the New York shows that we'll be out there uh, playing out in November, um, which we're super excited for, like I said. Um, but, you know, we're, we're just looking to, to book some more shows and, uh, you know, to really work hard as we can to promote. Uh, not only Perfect Disaster, but the release of Servants of Sound when uh, when the full-length album does end up coming out, or at least when we start releasing the singles first. Uh, so, you know, that's really the plan, is just to keep on promoting and to keep on keep on working. You know, I mean, once Servants of Sound is done, you know, it's not going to be too much longer until we're getting back in the studio again to make another record. So, I mean, you know, you, you're never going to stop hearing from us. We're always going to stay busy. Well, definitely. I, I look forward to seeing uh, everything you guys have in the works, and uh, definitely... I'll leave some links in the description uh, for Letters from Abel. Make sure to check out the latest EP, Perfect Disaster, out right now. Make sure to give it a listen. Make sure, and uh, I'll leave you guys' social media tags in there as well. But thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Always a great time chatting with you guys. Thank you, guys. So thank you so much, man. I mean, it's 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 always fun to sit down and talk with you, man. It's always a great pleasure to be on the Super Cool Radio Airwaves. Of course, of course. And for Justin, Drake, Ben, and Kate of Letters from Abel, I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty.